Hello and welcome to the Two Bald Brothers on a Microphone podcast. This is one of the Bald Brothers, Danny, and I'm here with Matthew Chestnut. Matthew, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Danny. Great, and uh, I love that you, you've been busy recently, and, I've, and I appreciate the time to catch up with you, our, our little uh, quarterly powwow here. We're going to find yeah, out I think what you've we missed to. one last time. Yeah, yeah sorry to talk. I think we missed one last time. I actually did a uh, blog post uh, last quarter, and so this has been a little while since we've gotten together to talk. Uh, yep, so I, I appreciate this opportunity to catch up with you. And, um, and so it sounds like sort of when we were pre- uh, preparing for this podcast, it sounds like uh, for the clients that we've been working with for a while and doing, um, you know, helping out in various ways that sort of come up and they want to see something, uh, you know, what um, we put a blog post out this week by Bo about uh, minimum viable product where they want to create something really quick and get something out there so that they're able to work around it and, and get something up and out where it seems like we're, there's, there's a, becoming a pattern of where we're using SharePoint as the back end and Angular along with that, where we're able to get something out. Uh, sooner rather than later, and and this uh, the the recent project that you're working on sounds like you're you're doing that as well. Yeah, well, it's uh, coincidental. I am working with Bo on this particular <laughs> uh, project. Uh, not surprising. And this is the the second or third time we've come across this MVP, this minimal viable product uh, concept. And it was relatively new to me. I always think of an MVP as being, you know, the best in class, you know, the best in the world. Uh-huh. But in the in the work we've been doing, we're trying to get some projects done pretty quickly for a customer. And it might be that the customer may not know the full breadth and depth of what they're trying to accomplish, but they know enough to get started. Uh-huh. And so we've been using uh, SharePoint is the back end simply because the infrastructure that it provides as far as data management, uh-huh. security, search, all the standard stuff that we know and love about SharePoint, because those features and functionalities are there, all we have to do is focus on getting the data, the data model in place so that we can store the data. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the user interface so we can present the data to the user. And so it, it works out great, the SharePoint Office 365 or on-premise. And then the, the Angular ple- uh, part of this, is that for the UI, the, for the presentation piece? Is that where that fits into this? Yes, it does. We okay. started with Angular uh, a while back, and a while in you know computing years is you know months ago, <laughs> just a couple of years ago, but it seems like it's been forever. But yeah, yeah. we've been using Angular, and of course, there's, there's SharePoint Framework is available as well, uh-huh. uh, but what the customer wanted is ultimately, or perhaps possibly, decoupling from SharePoint and running this with a front end against perhaps SQL Server in Azure in okay. the cloud. Okay. And so we didn't want to st- do anything with uh, SharePoint framework because that would tie us more closely to SharePoint. So we're loosely coupled. And the advantage of Angular, or at least the, the technology that we're using, the way we're implementing and accessing the data through the SharePoint patterns and practices JavaScript uh, library to uh, SharePoint, is it gives us the ability to plug in in a different data layer if we so desire later on. Ah, nice. Very nice. And, um, and what, what, so for these projects, is this, um, are we, is this like, is this something being done within weeks or is it months or what's the typical, what, what does it look like as far as the time frames for these projects? Yeah, that's a good question because what, it, what does minimal mean, right? Yeah. When you're talking about a minimal, it, what is minimal? Well, it, it ends up being a combination of what is the overall big picture. And it's just a fraction of that. So for example, 
I would guess if we were to do every feature that this particular customer wanted, it might be a six to nine month project. Okay. What we're trying to do here is in within a few sprints, maybe two to four sprints. That's anywhere from four, four to weeks of work. Get okay. something functional and operational. Now, the advantage that we had is during the proposal process and during the uh, estimation and trying to figure out what it is the customer wanted, this is a rather unusual product. It's not like uh, an invoicing or some of the standard business things, but it's more of a, a management of business operations. Okay. When they were working through the prototypes of this, um, Bo had actually come up with prototypes of the application using some of the same technologies we've used in the past. Now, granted, it did do a lot of the nice things behind the scenes. It was all mock data, uh -huh. just storing it locally. But it exercised the UI in such a fashion that we were able to demonstrate to the customer that we understood what they were asking for. Mm -hmm. We fed it back to them in the form of a UI and the customer got the ability to say, I want this change, this moved around, this added. And that helped with the estimation and figuring out what needed to become a part of this minimal product. So it sounds like, did he use the Angular piece just to do some like prototyping and screen mockups and, and that sort of thing? Yes, because we had done some other projects and we figured it would be a nice continuation of that same technology, okay. we pretty much had a, a, a layer, a, a programming model, if you will. If we add a few lists here, or we do a few things here with the navigation and the uh, user interface, we can pretty much have a application up and running in just a couple of days. And then it was more of the fine-tuning and specifying specifically what the application needed to do based on what the customer was asking for. So it was a very rapid prototyping phase. And is this is this going to be consumed from a web browser, from a mobile device, or what? What is what's the plans for how someone's going to use this? Yeah, it's going to be a web browser, so okay. it's going to be a business operations type thing. There's nothing preventing it from being accessed by a smaller device like a tablet or a phone okay. because we are using some of the bootstrap classes, et cetera, to make it responsive. Although the, the quantity of information on the screen, there's information about a product and activities and, uh, and people and roles and all of this. It's probably not as mobile friendly just because of the volume of data. Gotcha. So it's going to be targeted to our desktop browser. Very nice. Very nice. So it's good to hear. So you are these new technologies for you? Are these? It sounds like you maybe used a couple of them before. Or is there any pieces of this new to you? Well, yeah, it's interesting because some of the base layers of the technology, of course, we've been using for a long time: SharePoint, uh -huh. Angular, JavaScript. It's when the customer says, "And I want this thing, this whiz bang thing, to do this," you know, <laughs> sparkle and twirl and do all kinds of things. So uh -huh. it it basically means we have to come up with some controls, some user interface controls, how things look on the screen. It mm -hmm. might be a tree view of data, you know an infinite number of levels deep. You know, how do you deal with that when you're talking about data that might be two or three or four different levels deep and you're, you know, clicking through it and you want to save that data. So there's a control for that. There's also the ability to, you know, link information together and present that data on a screen so that when you're having to update a certain part of the data, you're not necessarily having to refresh the entire screen. So we're getting smarter on how we partition the data, partition the UI, do the data model, do the data model layer, all those things that go on behind the scenes that to the business user, they don't really care. Uh -huh. But to the technology people, we do because it gives us the ability to move quickly. If the customer says, ooh, I like the way you did 
feature X. Now I want feature Y and Z to work pretty much like that, except with these few changes. Mm -hmm. We can do those changes pretty quickly. And is the the Angular piece of this, is this running in Azure or where's that Angular piece? Where's that code running? Yeah, so the way it works in this world that we're using SharePoint is the the actual program, quote unquote, which is basically a set of JavaScript that gets transpiled from this this deployment process, mm -hmm. it's actually living in the SharePoint virtual file system. Okay. So that when you go to the URL, you know, www.application.com, it redirects you from the standard SharePoint page to our custom page. And from that standpoint, or excuse me, from that point forward, you're running the code off the SharePoint virtual file system. Okay. Because SharePoint acts like a file system, we don't have to worry about uploading to a uh, an operating system, you know, like a mm -hmm. Windows OS right. or a Linux OS in a certain directory. It's just running straight from the SharePoint a world because angular is like a, it's a javascript framework i'm assuming it's just a okay. yeah it's just a big blob of javascript gotcha. <laughs> and it's a single page app and it, it really is it's it probably deploys in about you know eight different files and it's all controlled by them we don't have to worry about gotcha. it there's a whole packaging process that we just you know run a script and it packages it up then we copy it to the destination and run it from there it's a crazy world we live in, these JavaScript frameworks. <laughs> yeah, well, it's nice because yeah. it does give us disconnected. You know, yes. we can run off of uh, the cloud or we can run on-premise. Yep. And then ultimately we can switch over to SQL Server if we want or the customer desires. Mm -hmm. um, or we can still stay with SharePoint. So we got a lot of flexibility. And then these, I guess with these being um, JavaScript frameworks with <laughs> Angular, does it matter what browser you're running them in? Or is it just a sort of a certain type of compliant browser or what does that? Yeah, happen? you know, that's that's a really good question because it, it becomes a scenario where, you know, browsers have a certain JavaScript engine built into them. So uh -huh. things like IE7, Internet Explorer 7, which is ancient, those won't necessarily be supported. So it has to be a relatively modern browser. Uh, and even some of those require this concept called a polyfill, which is kind of a weird name, but mm -hmm. the polyfill simply means that, look, this browser doesn't have native capability to do this particular function X. So therefore, to get it to work in your application, you, do, you need to include this special library so mm -hmm. that when you run on this browser, it will support it. Uh -huh. So all we have to do is just you know read the documentation on the things that we're implementing, and it'll say for IE 11, you might need a polyfill to support this thing that Chrome or Firefox may support right out of the box. Gotcha. And so we just do our testing. Brandon in our QA department is really good at testing the various browsers that the customer wants to run under, and he just checks to make sure that it all functions correctly. Very cool. And who, so you're working, you said, mentioned you're working with Bo on this. Is it uh, anyone else on the team that, that you're working oh, yeah, with right got, now? Yeah, we got our QA guy, Brandon, who's, oh, who's keeping an eye on us. Yeah. Good. He's, he's making things happen from that regard. And then do you have a Scrum Master on the project? Yeah, we've got, uh, let's it, see, who's our Scrum Master on this one? I'm, I'm getting confused with my projects. No, this is actually Rob. It's Rob. Rob Horton is uh, the our guy, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. You're busy now, and I appreciate you, you doing this and catching up. This is, uh, I'd love to see where we're going with um this, this project's one of those, but the follow-up to doing a migration and getting people up and running is doing these little mini applications, and it's great to see we can do them so quick and take advantage of some technologies out, that are out there, and appreciate you keeping your skills up to date and always being willing to learn new things. It's great stuff, Matthew. Thank you, Danny. All right.
All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you, everybody, for listening and take care. Bye-bye.